Welcome, I'm Maggie Carroll, the Policy Specialist at the United Nations Volunteers Programme. Today I'm delighted to have a conversation with some experts in the field of volunteer measurement. First of all, I'll be talking to Vladimir Ganter, Senior Statistician on Unpaid Work at the International Labour Organisation. Then we'll hear from Omar Agbangba, Executive Director of the National Volunteering Agency of Togo, and Julian Gramatsky, an expert from the State of Life Project in the UK. They'll be talking about how they are modelling the contribution of volunteers to the Sustainable Development Goals. But why is it important to measure volunteer work in the context of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development? We know that volunteering not only makes an incredible contribution to development results, but volunteering also embeds the very principles of the Agenda, bringing together the efforts of all of society and allowing people to be drivers of their own development. So how can we know who volunteers, how they volunteer and what they do? Let's look first at statistical measurement in countries. For the last four years, UN volunteers and the ILO have been working together to support improved measurement of volunteer work by governments, particularly in global South countries where there has been less data available. So Vlad, can you tell us a little bit about this partnership and the achievements so far? Hello, Maggie. Uh, well, uh, in general, countries can measure volunteer work in different ways, depending on the definition applied and type of data collected. If only the organization-based volunteering is considered, then measurements could be made using available administrative records or data collected in establishment service. If, however, the intention is to measure volunteer work in all its forms in a country, regardless of who and how organizes, as recommended actually by the ILO, then households survey should be conducted. Uh, this is the only way to capture volunteer work performed directly by some people for other people or their communities without involving organizations. Still, uh, as shown by national practices studied by the project, measurements uh, made through households surveys uh, will generate different results depending on the methodology applied and survey questions asked. Therefore, since 2017, the the UNV and ILO have been working on developing a measurement methodology that would offer countries to produce comprehensive volunteer work statistics that are comparable at the global level. Through extensive research, our organizations managed to develop a survey model that can be attached to labor force surveys or similar household surveys uh, with uh, big sample sizes. The Volunteer Work Measurement Guide, which was published this year, offers detailed guidance on how NSOs can measure volunteer work in labor force surveys or other household surveys. And as shown by our experience accumulated during tests conducted in uh, Ukraine and Senegal, where we tested the survey tools, these tools are very efficient in capturing different forms of work, including traditional forms of uh, volunteering efficiently and can provide valuable data for decision makers while trying to develop ways to incorporate volunteering into a development policy. Thanks a lot, Vlad. I think challenging but very important work. 
And now that we have uh, these modules and we have the new tools, obviously the next step really is going to be about helping countries and national statistics agencies to, to use them. So I hear that there is a new online learning course that countries can access coming soon. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about it, who it's relevant for, who should participate, uh, and what they'll get from the course. Yeah, of course. So uh, uh, DILO is uh, planning to conduct uh, an e-learning course, which will be a live course organized by the ILO's International Training Center in Turin. And this uh, course will teach participants how to apply the new measurement guidance and produce volunteer statistics, which are in line with the latest international recommendations and standards. This course will be run from the 27th of September until 5th of November. It will be a course, actually a series of webinars, uh, which will be conducted uh, during six weeks. In this course, participants will uh, learn the concepts on which the measurement of volunteer work relies on, a concept established by the International uh, Conference of Labor Statisticians. They will learn how to apply the new survey model and how to attach it to a labor force survey or another household survey, how to derivate the uh, most the key uh, uh, variables, uh, how to produce tables, uh, and some advice on how to communicate volunteer work statistics in a meaningful way. But in addition to this e-learning course, ILO will uh, publish also a self-paced online course, uh, which will be, uh, will be available to the public on the internet. And anyone who would, would like to learn how to measure volunteer work using these tools will be able to do it. To register for the e-learning course, participants should go to the webpage of the International Training Center uh, and there, there is a dedicated page for uh, applying uh, to the course. UNV will offer a certain number of fellowships, which will be accessible for statisticians working in national statistical offices or other, uh, other uh, national institutions responsible for measuring volunteer work from the Global South. On that page, uh, participants could find other details of the course. Thanks a lot, Vlad. And I look forward to hearing how the course goes, the first guided course. And um, of course, the, also the self-paced course, which you mentioned will come out later. I think um, really fantastic resources available. And hopefully this will help as many countries as possible, even if they've never measured volunteer work before at the national level, um, to do that in the coming years. Once we've collected this data, what can we do with it? Going back to what I mentioned earlier about the 2030 agenda, are we able to start to make some direct links between people's volunteering and development goals and development outcomes? So last year, UNV and partners launched an innovation challenge to think about models to establish the links between contributions of volunteers and national development priorities and development results. And we're currently in the second phase of that programme. And today we're going to hear from some of the challenge winners from the National Volunteer Agency of Togo about the work that they're doing. This is very new, very experimental, so it's a work in progress. We understand that. Uh, but maybe if I can turn to Omar, could you explain to us why Togo decided to measure the contributions of volunteer work to the SDGs? And tell us a little bit about your experience so far. 
Thank you, uh, Maggie. Togo Volunteer Program started uh, 2011 by the support of UN for Development. And uh, since we started that, the program started as pilot from 2011 to 2014. After that, uh, the evaluation gave satisfactory results and the government, Togolese government, decided to put in place an agency to continue this program. And since we started this program 2015, we noticed that it is not easy to be accountable for what the volunteers we are recruiting are doing in the field. And we start thinking. In 2017, we develop an application and start collected data using volunteers at the working place. If the volunteers are in the health centers, they have to record what they are doing. So it means we have to collect it, analyze, and have the data to see if the work in the area of malaria, we have to know how many people were cared by the volunteers in this side. If it is in education, if we send volunteers in rural schools, we have to know how many school people were teached by the volunteers. So we started recorded in different areas. And when it was asked our country to present the report at the UN Assembly in Washington, USA, we advocate to have a chapter about what volunteers do to contribute to global development goals. So we make a report on it with some of uh, our partners like uh, France Volontaire and uh, UN Volunteer Program in Togo. So after a call made by UN Volunteer Program to give some resources to conduct, to present our work, we make it on health and education and uh, our report was uh, agreed and they ask us to continue to deeply analyze the data on health. And we are, we are continuing doing it now, and we have to submit the, the final report. I think it is a big opportunity to be accountable, to let people know what the volunteers are doing, to give the importance of volunteerism in the country. And I think this data collection is helping us and make our agency as an important organization contributing in development in, in Togo. Thank you so much, Omar. And as far as I'm aware, I think your country is definitely leading the way in this area. This research I haven't seen from, from anywhere else, establishing these contributions, as you say, in the very important sectors of health and education, I know that the first research, which is available on the UN Volunteers Knowledge Portal, really demonstrated how volunteers are a critical resource up and down the country in strengthening the capacities. Um, and as you say now, you're, you're continuing um, to look at what data you can use to establish and to specifically isolate the contribution of, of volunteers. So. That's fantastic, and we stay interested and engaged to see the, the final results.
On that point, I would like to bring in Yulian, who's actually been accompanying Togo in the last phase of this process. Yulian, can you tell us a little bit about this very new work to try and model the contributions of volunteers to a specific development goal? In this case, I believe it's goal three on health and well-being. And what do you see as the most important challenges and opportunities on this journey that you've uh, accompanied Togo with? Actually, what you just mentioned, measuring the contribution of volunteering to SDG3, is one of the core pillars of work of the company that I work with, State of Life UK. Let's first talk about measuring the contribution of volunteering to well-being in general. So the problem with well-being is that it is hard to quantify. On one hand, we can agree that well-being can be regarded as the ultimate goal of public policy. So what does the government of a country want or what should it want? What objectives should, should it have? Some might say that the main objective is to make its people and its citizens happy or to make them well off. And this has very deep, well-rooted philosophical groundings going back all the way to the theory of utilitarianism to Jeremy Bentham, John Stuart Mill, and so on and so forth. So traditionally, in the 20th century, the government's uh, performance in managing a country well was often evaluated with aggregate economic metrics such as GDP or employment, uh, but it is now well known that these metrics do not account for everything. And their purpose is in a way instrumental. So, so why is it good to have high GDP in, in the country? Well, it's because people have access to more goods and services, they have more possibilities, more things to enjoy, but ultimately it boils down to the same goal that the society is happier or has a higher level of welfare. So the methodology that is proposed in, in recent literature is to acknowledge this well-being as the ultimate goal of policymaking and when appraising or assessing the impact of a policy and whether that's been a policy that was already implemented in the past to evaluate it or whether these are potential policy options to, to be implemented in the future and a choice needs to be made as to which one delivers the most benefit. Uh, Well-being basically needs to be considered as some may say the key outcome to determine which policy should be chosen. So the policy that should be chosen is the policy that delivers the highest positive net well-being change with the lowest cost to the public budget, if we're talking from a government perspective. And obviously, to tie it back to volunteering, one of these policies is volunteer work. Now, how do we measure well-being? It has kind of become well established that the most common way to measure well-being is through household surveys by using a measure of self-reported subjective well-being. So 
to find out how much well-being a person has, you ask the person. All things considered, how satisfied are you with your life overall? And the answer options are on a scale of integer numbers from 0 to 10. And why is it okay to use a subjective well-being measure, particularly because well-being in itself is a subjective concept? Theoretically, it's okay to say that a person is happy when that person says to be happy. And the recent UK government guidance comes up with several methods to incorporate well-being impacts into policy appraisal and namely into cost-benefit analysis. And these benefits and costs are expressed in monetary terms, not necessarily because they are financial in nature, but just to have this sort of common yardstick. A lot of the benefits of public policies will be non-financial. They will be something like clean air or less noise or more more cohesion in the community, or more generally improved well-being. To incorporate this into cost-benefit analysis, one needs to devise a methodology to convert these in monetary terms. And the recent UK government guidance provides some options, and the equivalence it establishes is one well-be equals a central value of £14,000 with a lower bound of £12,000 and an upper bound of £16,000. And that is applicable to the UK. What is one well-be? One well-be is a standardized unit of measurement for changes in well-being. So when you evaluate a policy in terms of well-being, you the quest the key question is, how much well-being did this policy change in society? And we need to have a unit of measurement for that. And the well-being is the proposed unit of measurement that is strongly tied to the standardized question that I just mentioned earlier. So how is the well-being impact measured? You make a survey, a, a representative a survey on a representative sample of your target population affected by the policy, including all social layer, all groups in society affected by the policy, you run a survey and you measure the average level of life satisfaction. And then the change in average life satisfaction between the treatment group and the control group is the average change in life satisfaction for a person affected by your policy. And one well-be is defined as a change in life satisfaction of one point on the 0 to 10 scale affecting one person over one year. So basically you take the average change in life satisfaction and you need to multiply it by the number of people affected and by the average duration of this impact. So if you see that your policy has an average change in life satisfaction of 0.3 per person and it affected 100 people and the effect lasted for two years, then basically the impact, the well-being impact of your policy will be 60 well-being. And then you apply the valuation factor of 14,000 pounds, if it's in the UK, the valuation factor of 14,000 pounds per well-being, and you come up that a monetary estimate of the well-being benefit of your policy is 840,000 pounds. 
how does that help us in a country like Togo, where they're looking specifically at issues such as um, maternal mortality, child mortality, and the work being done with by Omar and the team. You also mentioned the SDG targets on malaria. I think this is a slightly different approach, more health-focused, I guess, within the health and well-being agenda. So how can we take the impressive work being done elsewhere, but also think about how we apply to the specific sustainable development goals. So tying this back to volunteering, I just spoke, I've just spoken about measuring the outcome, but then you also have to basically measure the input, which is volunteering. And then you basically do regression analysis to, to establish a correlation between the two. And this is what State of Life has done in its analysis of volunteering. And we have published papers in journals in this regard. We are very fortunate with Togo, with the ANVT, the National Volunteering Agency in Togo, to have set up this database of measuring and capturing their volunteering inputs. It is very detailed, and I've had a look at this data. They have, they have detail level at the individual volunteer record. So they have, for example, for the year 2019, a list of every volunteer that was, that was involved with this agency uh, split by their sector of work, whether these are midwives or nurses or health engineers and so on and so forth. And there are a lot of outputs related to this volunteer's work. For example, for nurses, they have the number of patients received in consultation, number of patients hospitalized, number of patients treated from malaria, and so on and so forth. So the input data in this regard is very, very good. I would say it's an exemplary standard, especially for the, for the global South world. Now, the key piece of the pie that we are still missing is the outcome part. So if we want to measure the volunteering impact on health, we need to have good detailed data on the health outcomes in the country so that we can establish some kind of co-movement and correlation between the two. Now, this pro project focuses on three kinds of specific health outcomes. Malaria, HIV, AIDS, and maternal and neonatal deaths. From these three topics, it is good to define some kind of outcome measure, which is clearly unambiguous in terms of its impact to society. So for example, for, for malaria, one could think of a series of different outcomes. One could think of the registered number of malaria cases, but then there is some degree of ambiguity in this outcome, because if the registered number of malaria cases goes up, it could mean that there are actually more cases in the country, or it could mean that the, there is the same number of real cases, but there is just more testing being done or more people go to the doctor and more cases are being reported. So that is why uh, over the course of this project, I have proposed as an indicator for each three areas, the number of deaths 
caused by the respective disease or ailment. So we would have deaths caused by malaria, deaths caused by HIV AIDS, and then deaths caused by childbirth, both maternal and, and infant deaths. This is because, well, deaths, especially in a, in a developing country, would normally be the most reported, right? And death is also an unambiguously and clearly negative outcome. So there is nothing positive in it from a theoretical perspective. So there is broad consensus that what you want to happen with the number of deaths is for it to go down for the change to be deemed positive. Now, the, this data, the data on these health outcomes has to be provided externally, namely by the respective Ministry of Health of Togo. And there, the quality of the data is basically the availability of details in the data is not as good. For most of these outcomes, we we're only able to obtain annual totals at regional level. And there are six regions in Togo, so that means that if we deal with six regions over two years, there are only 12 observation points and there is not enough maybe to, to elicit enough variation to obtain statistical significance to do correlational analysis. And I am not sure yet whether this data is genuinely not available or whether there is just insufficient collaboration between the different authorities and maybe the Ministry of Health might have this data in more detail, but is just reluctant to, to gather it or to share it, maybe. I mean, this project is still ongoing and hopefully we will be able to investigate that and uh, build a model to establish the impact of volunteering. So the best possible model given the data available. In the initial report, Basically, due to this uh, somehow lack of detail in the data on the health outcomes side, the impact of volunteering on health outcomes could only be presented descriptively in terms of, well, in, in malaria, we have this many deaths per region and we have this many volunteers that are active and it kind of ended there. But it is not to a sufficient level of robustness to establish the contribution of volunteering to these health outcomes. This is basically advice to all government authorities in all countries, particularly in the global south where this might be lacking is to basically have good data. If we want to measure uh, the contribution of volunteering on health and well-being, then we need good data on both of these components. So basically it is not sufficient to have good detailed data on volunteering, but we also need to have good detailed data on health and well-being. And here comes a recommendation to the statistics offices of the respective countries maybe to include in their household surveys questions on well-being for the respective ministries of health to increase their level of detail in the health reporting for the ministries of education to increase the level of detail in their education reporting, keeping in mind that the data identifies the appropriate outcomes which can be used to gauge the sort of level of progress in society in the respective sector. So they should be capturing a series of outcomes 
that would clearly and unambiguously tell how much the society has progressed. So for education, literacy rates, functional literacy versus illiteracy rates, and so on and so forth. For health, mortality rates for different causes, morbidity rates for different causes, uh, ideally disaggregated at regional and district level, and so on and so forth. So I hope this answers your question, Maggie. Thank you so much, Julian. It's great to hear from Omar and yourself from the cutting edge of this work. I'll continue to follow your progress and I encourage others also to keep up to date on these measurement models by going to UMV's knowledge portal where all this research is published. And just a final reminder to any statisticians listening today that you can also sign up for the statistical measurement course on volunteer work at the ITC ILO Training Centre. And there'll be more details about those fellowships coming soon. Thank you so much to our speakers for sharing their work with us and thank you for listening.